Welcome back to Police Stories Podcast. This is episode number three. Hopefully you're enjoying what you've heard so far or finding it vaguely interesting. So we've got a few liking and subscribing so far, following, which is quite nice to see. Seem to have a, a few listeners in the States, which is interesting. Obviously the police in style is very different in America to here. So uh, perhaps it's interesting uh, to hear the differences, I'm not sure. So this initially will perhaps seem like a, a similar incident to last time or a similar environment, but as we go through, I think you'll find perhaps uh, it is quite different. So I'd finished a period of being tutored and I'd worked with uh, the first cop to start with um, and that had gone quite well. And obviously as you change to working with different officers, like you know, everyone in life, there's different personalities. So first one I'd worked with had been... Um, pretty keen, quite young in service, a bit of a go-getter, to be honest with you. You know, he enjoyed getting out, getting in the thick of it, and certainly was probably one to uh, grab hold of people and handcuff them first, you know, and ask questions later. So I got, uh, after a month, I got paired up with uh, another guy, uh, very different sort of kept the fish, this guy, uh, quite a bit older, lot of service, very experienced, very laid back, very chilled out. Nothing worried him. I'd never seen him worried or concerned about anything, no matter sort of how serious it seemed. Just was a very sort of chilled out guy and, and really nice to work with, actually. So we're on a a back shift or a late shift, which was a kind of uh, two till 10, two in the afternoon till 10 in the evening. Generally on weekends, they then go later in, in the day till maybe two or three in the morning to cover sort of nightclubs and things. And I was out uh, with my colleague just chugging around in the, in the marked police vehicle. Call comes in, fight at a pub in the high street. Again, it seems similar to the last call I know. This was probably a week or so later. And uh, on the way, uh, blue lights are on, two tones on, sirens are on, so we're making a fair bit of progress through the quite heavy traffic from what I remember on this time. Uh, and I was enjoying the blue light run. But uh, the guy I was working with had taken on for the first time a bit of a different uh, sort of attitude you know I'd always seen him chilled out at this point he seemed a little bit nervous now and as more details were coming through this fight there was a talk of some damage in the pub again um, and uh, maybe somebody was injured there was an ambulance had been called uh, and they gave out the name of the guy who was suspected to be involved and I looked across to the guy I was working with his face and his his face just dropped you know and he rolled his eyes and he said, oh, no, you know, I know this guy really well. Now, obviously, I won't tell you the guy's name. This is the uh, the suspect. Uh, but his nickname was No-Nos, uh, which is what I was then told. And, of course, this conjures up all these images of this person. But the reality is this guy was a fighter. He'd been a fighter a long time in the town and was well known for it, particularly in the pubs and clubs. And actually had had most of his nose or certainly 50% of his nose bitten off in a previous fight, um, so his face was quite disfigured. So everyone just knew him around the town as no-nos. And uh, and my colleague was busy telling me, now this guy is a fighter, he's a pain, you know, he's definitely going to kick off, he just doesn't come in quietly. So you can imagine when I talked about the adrenaline before and this kind of build-up to what you're going to, uh, experience this all over again. We come flying down into the high street, which is a one-way road. There was another police vehicle behind us. We come to a screeching halt outside the pub, uh, which was a, a hotel as well as a pub, quite a big place. And we stepped out and we were sort of first through the door into the main reception area. And I pulled out my trusty PR24 sort of baton again, uh, thinking that I might well need this. 
again, possibly naivety on my part and lack of experience. One of the old sweat cops that had turned up behind me with a lot of service came up behind me, sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, put that away, son, in a fairly uh, condescending way. But actually, later on, I realised why. Uh, a lot of the sort of older guys just didn't rate, uh, you know, battens at all, just didn't think we needed them and we can talk our way out of anything, which isn't always the case, unfortunately. So we go into the reception area of this, this hotel stroke pub. First glance, kind of nothing going on. We were directed through to the bar. Um, my colleague was in front of me. I was just behind him with another two cops behind us. We go through into what they call the saloon bar, which was quite a busy place. Um, and I knew it to be quite a lively place, quite noisy, quite a lot of people there. There certainly was quite a lot of people there, but it was deathly silent. There was no music on at all. And I walked up to the barmaid and said, what's going on? You know, she pointed across to the other side of the bar and said, he's over there. And then pretty much scuttled away to the back of the bar like she wanted to keep as far away from it as she could. So I turned around and there's a sort of roughly square shaped bar, various sort of people sitting around the edges of the bar and some standing at the bar but everyone is kind of wide-eyed and looking to the far side where we've just been pointed over to. And sure enough, standing there is no-nos in all his glory. There's no doubting this is our man. He's got a top off. Uh, he's bleeding from his face, and I can see that his nose is sort of missing and disfigured. Uh, he's bleeding from his chest and his hands, dripping blood onto the pub floor. There's smashed glass all around him and sort of underneath him. He's standing on it. And as soon as he sees us, he takes one look at us and turns us and shouts at the top of his voice with his clenched fist, fucking come on then, uh, which you can imagine kind of, <laughs> there's no doubt about it, scared me at this stage of my service. So I kind of looked round at my colleague uh, and he was wide-eyed as well and looking at this guy and he said, just take it easy. We know who it is, what he'd explained to me on the way. And I said to him, how do you know this guy? And he said, well, I've been to, you know, pub fights with this guy before, but he's also assaulted police before and he's been to prison for it. And I said, well, how do you know? And he said, well, he's just come out of prison today. He's literally left prison on licence today. Um, and what that means in the UK is that normally you'll serve maybe half your sentence. And then if you've had good behaviour inside the prison, you'll maybe be released on licence. And the idea is you spend the rest of your sentence kind of at large, at liberty, but should you cause another problem, then you'll get recalled on, on prison licence and have to go back and complete your sentence, basically, as well as whatever else it is you've done. Um, and unfortunately, what my colleague told me on the way was that this guy uh, assaults police. So I kind of said, well, how do you know? He said, well, he's come out of prison today for assault police. And I said, well, who did he assault? Uh, and he said, well, it was me. So I was thinking, I was rolling my eyes at this point. I was like, I can't believe we're going to go to this guy who hates police, likes assaulting police, just come out of prison, and the person he assaulted is now going back to deal with him. So I really didn't think this was going to go well. So there's a bit of a Mexican standoff, basically. There's kind of four cops, although two have taken a bit of a back step. There's me and my colleague to the front, and then there's no-no standing there, dripping blood, fists clenched, teeth bared, screaming at us, and the rest of the pub kind of looking at us, expecting us to do something. Um, so there's this bit of a standoff, and basically my very calm colleague just said, look, just chill out, all right, we can sort this out, it's not a problem, and uh, kind of no-nos was making it pretty clear he wasn't going back to prison, he knew he was going to get recalled because he'd immediately got himself into trouble again. Um, now, in the college, in the police training college, where this nice fluffy land where everything works 
um, correctly and no one ever sort of argues anything. When it comes to handcuffing, you're, it's very clear that you're told basically if someone's getting handcuffed, then there's, there's a very set way of doing it. And depending on the scenario and where they're standing and how you're standing, etc., there's, you know, you have to do it in this correct way. And it's very rigid. You know, you must do it like this way. Of course, the reality is in the real world, it just isn't like that. And one of the things they make it very clear of is that you always handcuff the person. You never kind of let them handcuff themselves, which I know sounds a bit ridiculous, but sometimes you hear or see of it. And um, obviously that just wasn't going to happen in this scenario, or so I thought. So basically we knew we were not going to go anywhere near no-nos um, until he was handcuffed ideally. But obviously to handcuff someone, you've got to get close enough to get hands on. And as soon as you close them down and get within their fighting arc, obviously they can swing for you if they want. And I've got to be honest, at this point, I wasn't too keen on going close to this guy. My uh, my colleague did a really, really good job of calming him down um, and then eventually said, look, you know we're going to have to take you in, but let's not make this any worse than it is. And uh, he said, look, we're going to have to handcuff you, at which point No-No's really flared up again and said, you're absolutely not cuffing me. Um, there's no way I'm coming with you if that's happening. So I was kind of, again, a bit more of a standoff, not really sure where to go with this, obviously very inexperienced from myself. And basically, eventually, my colleague convinced him, look, I'll tell you what, I'll pass you the cuffs, you put them on yourself, and then we can take you in and we can sort this out. And, of course, I was horrified for a couple of reasons. Firstly, that, you know, say the college makes very clear that never, ever happens, that cannot happen, you know, that's just not safe because handcuffs become a weapon, you know, if you open uh, them out, they've got very sharp edges, they can be swung, and, and there's been some horrendous cases of... Cops have had handcuffs sort of swung through, hit them in the face and gouged uh, through hands and all sorts. So I just didn't think that was an option. But this is where the reality of practical policing happens. You're out of a college now. College gives you, you know, a framework to sort of hang your hat on, as it were. But when you actually come to dealing with people in real life, sometimes you have to adapt. Now, the options were the four of us could have leapt on No-No's, had a massive fight with him, probably got injured in the process. In fact, I'd almost guarantee it. Or we can step outside the rules a little bit and get him to handcuff himself. Now, my colleague was pretty sure that he would play ball with this. So sure enough, handed over the cuffs. And uh, amazingly, he just calmed right down. He just popped these cuffs on himself and he walked over and he said, OK, fair enough, you've been reasonable with me. Let's go and get this sorted then. And I, I just couldn't believe it. But as I say, a very important lesson for me at that point. So we take him out, we put him into the car we take him back and he gets booked in and goes into a cell in the normal way. And I just couldn't believe the change in this person, even though he was going back to prison. So it just it was a really uh, important lesson for me as to how to, you know, deal with people. And sometimes, yeah, you just got to do things a little bit different. Now, you might think it's unusual, perhaps that we were going to the pubs all the time, depending on where you live and your experiences, sort of bars and things and what country you live in. But Obviously, we spent a lot of time in them. I found myself back at this pub. We talk about noses being bitten off, and you might think that's horrific and rare. Actually, it's perhaps not quite as rare as you'd think. And only about three weeks after this, I was back at the same pub um, in the early hours of the morning. I think it was two or three in the morning. Um, and we were tasked with there'd been another fight at this pub. And actually, some poor guy had had his entire bottom lip bitten off in a fight. And the lip had uh, sort of been completely severed from his face, dropped onto the floor, um, and he'd been taken off to hospital. 
and myself and about half a dozen colleagues have been tasked with finding uh, the lip as best we could to then take it back to the hospital and just see if you know he could be if it could be stitched back on um so we found ourselves it was pouring the rain it was three in the morning uh it was freezing from what i recall and we were literally on our hands and knees in a line outside this pub searching for this poor guy's lip uh which we never found um so we're not entirely sure what happened to it um but i saw the guy later and it was a horrendous injury um unfortunately because sort of the whole lower lip had come off his teeth were exposed so he was walking around kind of looking like some uh crazy skeleton with some horrible sort of grimace on his face i mean that's a really serious injury you're talking plastic surgery to sort that um but uh anyway i digress yes so pubs unfortunately uh licensed premises in the uk do form quite uh, a high proportion of the calls or certainly did at that point and this town I was in wasn't unique either you know you would find that in in a few of the towns it's just how it was particularly in, in those days I think things have changed a little bit now possibly so that pretty much brings that one to an end another story for you got quite a few more to go hopefully again was vaguely interesting and uh, again if you like what you're hearing please come back subscribe and follow and uh, we'll put out one or so a week and uh, we'll keep it going all the time people are coming back and listening all right thanks very much for your time cheers bye